Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Brian here. Wanted to remind you that at the end of this Another Round with Church and State, we have part two of our intoxicated extra interview with the awesome nonprofit Broadway Bound Kids, who hosts the annual Broadway Spelling Bee with your favorite Broadway stars. And please, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. And now, your special Friday, Broadwasted. Hello, and welcome to another round with Broadwasted, where we're pre-gaming for the weekend. I'm your host, Brian Plofsky, and today we're getting to the church on time because we're coming straight from the Brick Church Station in the Garden State to get to the State Fair with Winston Churchill and State of Play. <laughs> yes, by State of Play, I'm referring to the 2009 film starring Helen Mirren, Russell Crowe, Ben Affleck, Rachel McAdams, Robin Wright, <laughs> Jason Bateman, and Jeff Daniels. Seriously? Yeah. That was a movie? And the with the- all those people? Yeah, it did not do well. A British TV version was better. Who here saw it? Did anyone see it? I've see seen it. a Wait, movie. One of you saw it. What was it called? State of Play. When a congressional aide is killed, a Washington, D.C. journalist starts investigating the case involving the congressman, his old college friend. (laughs) So, like Pelican, sort of. Those old college friends. In a world where your college friends still talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Well, wedding their whistle today with me are our usual Twitter happy hosts, including. Okay. Kevin, Broad Church and State of Being, Jager. Broad Church was fantastic. It is. Yeah. 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 I'll take that. Yes. Great. <laughs> and Kimberly, our game master and unofficial babysitter for the hour. Hello. Welcome. Stay safe. Stay safe. <laughs> and with us today are the playwright and lead actor from the off-Broadway play Church and State, if you couldn't have guessed, oh. which is now playing at New World Stages in New York City. Let's give a big, broad-waisted welcome to Friends of the Show. Friends, Friends of the, of the Show. show. Jason O'Dell Williams and Rob Nagel. We're friends of the show. Friends hey, Jason. Show. I know a friend. That, uh, that's Rob. I'm, I'm Jason. Yeah, that's Jason. Now Hi, you can everybody. discern us for the rest of the time. Perfect. <laughs> well, welcome, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. This is super cool. Of course. Um, so, just so you know, to follow Church and State on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Church State Play. 
And Jason's handle is J-O-W in N-Y-C. You can tell I came up with that like a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and Rob's is at Nagdoggy? Yeah, at Nagdoggy. So you came up with that yesterday. I, I came up with that recently, yeah, to stay cool. It's and true. that's doggy with an I-E. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Well, how else would you spell it? I don't know. Right? I'm just... <laughs> Nag doggy. Um, so let's start with what we always start with. What are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? <laughs> All right. Well, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, tell us. I'll go first. So, um, the majority of us are drinking Angry Orchard cider, but Jason has a fancy cider. I I, I totally dorked out and brought my own booze to the party, and, and so I brought this thing. It's called J.K.'s Scrumpy Hard Cider. It's farmhouse organic. Well, so. cider is a delicious treat. So I love good. cider. I used to make fun of my fun. friend who drank cider, and now I, that's what I drink. <laughs> I only drink cider if oh, there's bourbon in it, but that's cider just That me. is delightful. Mm. Have you ever had an angry orchard with a shot of fireball? Is that no, a thing? That yes. sounds brilliant. It's delicious. What's it, is What's it, it called, called something? There a, like it's a the angry orchard oh, it fireball. it totally is called something, and I <laughs> have no memory of what it's called. There's also an Irish wine, which is Magners and Jameson. Oh, it's called Angry Balls. Angry Balls? Balls. One shot of Fireball Whiskey, one pint of Angry Orchard Crisp Apple Cider, and then you drop the the Fireball into the cider, and you drink it, and it's called Angry Balls. I don't think I could order that. I don't think I could either with a straight face. Or a gay face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you could order it with a gay face. Could I get you something? I'll have two Angry Balls. (laughs) No, just for me. So, we usually start with, what have you seen this week? Kevin, I know you saw Church and State. I did. So tell us a little bit about, I know they wrote it and are in it, but from your point of view, from the from the audience... From the more yes. important person you in the explain, room, the Yeah, mm-hmm. since you're the most important person in the audience, um, could, you, could you explain um, just the, the, a brief plot? Sure. So, um, I think... Then tell him if he gets it right. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, so be good. The, I like hearing. I like I hearing other people's descriptions actually better. Because without giving too much away, I would say that Church and State. What is? How's it end? <laughs> <laughs> so Church and State. Wait, cinnamon dies. balls. It's cinnamon balls. Yeah, definitely angry cinnamon balls yeah. everywhere. Um, so Church and State is a oh, play that is about. Um, on the surface, it discusses uh, the gun laws in our sta- in our nation, but I think more importantly, it's a really awesome view of both sides of the political spectrum and how people as Americans feel and vote and um, what is important to them when they're looking at politics and stuff like that. The show focuses on a um, politician with his wife next to him who's helping him with his campaign, and basically it's them trying to discuss how this southern, very uh, conservative senator has now, because of a big event that has happened um, that has brought the gun laws in our nation to the forefront, um, he is now trying to decide how he actually feels and has made a speech that has completely changed how a lot of his uh, constituents and the people voting feel about him. And so it's oh. kind of like his very close people together trying to decide if they're doing damage control or mm. if they are going into a whole different spectrum with their campaign. So it's really awesome to see people on both sides of the spectrum. They're not having a conversation where you're just listening to people talk about like the issues on pro or con. What they're doing is they're talking about like the business of politics in the, like as the backdrop of what these issues are. And so it kind of gives you insight on what the pol- like politicians are going through through their process of how they feel. And also like it really does shed a light on the polarity of the voters 
and how people feel in America about certain basic issues because of other things they bring to it, like religion mm. and family and um, their own personal circumstances. And it's crazy that to say that all of this is really well handled in an 85-minute play. It's like 75. 75? Like yes, but it, it's less, than, a, less than an hour and a half 70. was enough for me to kind of hear multiple perspectives, get like an M. Night Shyamalan twist, and then all of a sudden have like... They've been dead the whole time? <laughs> Don't give away. Bruce Willis Some people haven't act. seen and the film. Once you, see, once you have the twist... Really? They don't of, know which one I'm talking about. You can feel the whole audience suddenly like... The village. Signs? Yeah. yeah. So signs? they all were the people yeah. who were supposed to protect Drink water, the mermaid? Nobody? Yeah, I got it. I saw Lady in the Water. I love Sorry. that movie. Really? <laughs> I like the Lady in the Water. Yeah, I enjoyed well, it. Kevin, thank I you for the Unbreakable. Unbreakable is his Unbreakable is right? his well, Guys, we're talking about the play. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kevin gave us a so that was uh, pretty concise elevator pitch there. You're welcome. I was on a long elevator ride. We were going to the 50th floor. I live in a penthouse, thank you very much. But thank you, Kevin. You're welcome. So I'd like to just go straight into talking about the play itself. Was that right? Was that, that, was, was that, that right? Was, that was not right at all, Jason. Maybe he was in Avenue Q that night? Saw, I don't think he saw the opening <laughs> night. I've seen the, the gazillion bubble the show. Bubble show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which ladies, is also Ladies good. and gentlemen, this is the bazillion bubble show at New Wouldn't World Stages. Wouldn't that be amazing if that's what that show is actually about? Uh, but, like underneath all <laughs> the bubbles? Is that the twist? Oh. <laughs> is it the bubble show? But it's actually <laughs> political commentary. Yeah. Um, so... North Carolina Republican senator who's up for re-election. There's a school shooting in his hometown and at a funeral for two of the kids, uh, two brothers. He's asked by a, a reporter if he turned to prayer in his time of need. And for the first time in a really long time, he answers honestly. So it's a, it's a play about faith in uh, God. It's a play about faith in your platform as a politician. It's about, it examines gun safety issues. And it also makes you kind of face what it might look like if you started telling the truth for the first time in a long time and really answered like what your heart was telling you. So it's and it's comedy, which is oh. astounding it's to me. It's really funny too. It's, there's so much funny in it in, 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 in a play that handles some some not so funny issues. Um, and so that, very that's similar to State of Play, the 2009 film. Closer to Lady in the Lake. <laughs> oh, Lady, closer to Lady meets Unbreakable. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lady in the Water. That night is getting a lot scandal. of stuff. Yeah, well, he needs it. He's had a tough road. I read that you wrote this kind of, you were, um, you were it was sparked by the Virginia Tech shootings. That was the first one that, yeah. that for me, um, I went to UVA, which is the sort of the rival school oh. of, right. of Virginia Tech. And so it was... A, about ten years after I graduated, that the, the the shooting happened in in at Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, Virginia. We had the people from the Virginia Tech um, families, Virginia, uh, Virginia Tech, Tech victims, victims Family Outreach Foundation came and did a talk back with us, and they were they were amazing and wonderful. It was a very powerful Incredible, night. Incredible. Yeah. Um, but so the Virginia Tech one was the one that hit me the most because I watched on the news candlelight vigils in Charlottesville for the kids in Blacksburg, and it just. I don't know, it just struck me very powerfully. And that was the first one. And then Tucson was the second one that I was like, oh my God, why isn't anything happening? And then of course Sandy Hook, Newtown, it was like, well, something's gotta change. And then I just, in like a fit of just anger and rage, literally in a month I spit out a draft of this play, which was not a very good draft. It was a very angry, one-sided, basically his final speech, like a a 30-page version of that. Seven-hour play. It was a really <laughs> long speech, and that speech came very early in the play. Uh, but you know, then over time, I figured, oh, how do I 
make it so it's a story that people can sit through. And that's, that's where the humor came from was because I was having a hard time just as a writer reading it like, oh, this is so like horrible and painful. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, how do we bring them in? How do I entertain myself as a you know, writer slash viewer? Um, and then I just kind of created these characters that I think are fun and funny. And even though this serious stuff is happening around them, there's still uh, regular life happening around them too. So Because yeah. it's billed as a serious comedy, honest to God. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to hear both from being on stage mm-hmm. and kind of creating this character and having written it, how did you balance the serious aspects of what this is really trying to deal with and uh, alleviating that with humor? I think a lot of the humor is inherent to the characters and their mm-hmm. behavior. So it's not, you know, it's not like a noises off where they're a bunch of slamming doors and they're right. like, it's funny, hey, you know, gun safety and waka waka. It doesn't right, right. go into that kind of territory, but a lot of the behavior and the decisions that you're making, some of the ridiculousness of politics gets to come out in ways that would make you laugh on any show that, that examines this kind of world or, or any world for that matter. And, and I think a lot of the humor is based on what the audience comes in with. Because sometimes there are audiences that want to, they really want to process and listen to it, and you can't hear a smile, even though they're enjoying mm-hmm. themselves. And other times we'll walk out, and it's like a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air taping. Mm. It's like they are rowdy <laughs> and laughing at everything. I love that that's the same. <laughs> that's a great example. And um, I think so the audiences decide how, how raucous and how funny they're going to be. The humor is always there. It doesn't take you too long into a dark deep despairing area before lifting you out and he also doesn't keep you in such a high high hijinks ensuing humorous area before he's going to drop the you know the floor out from under you and you realize oh it got heavy again which is very like real yeah because like you said like when you're in those kind of situations like you deal with like really difficult things then all of a sudden like someone does something stupid and every laughs because you need to yeah Yeah. i feel like that was a really nice balance I, i feel like there are some jokes but there's also i think most of the humor is is somebody either breaking the tension or stating the obvious or pointing out the ridiculous mm-hmm. and um, and that's to me where is where humor comes from and I think also the reason it, it goes from high to low to high to low all the time is because me as a person and as a writer the short attention span you have a very short attention span and the way I write is in short bursts yeah. and so it's like <laughs> it's like this is the funny and this, this is the serious and um, uh, but I also I like I like that sort of push and pull yeah. all the time yeah um these are the, I, I knew who he was and I knew who his wife was and then it took a while to figure out who the campaign manager was and then once I kind of figure out who they are I just put them in a room and I let them start talking and and that first scene with the finding the TV channel was always the first scene like I don't think those first three pages changed much at all and I don't know why I started there but it was just like oh I feel like he'd be looking to escape and looking for the football game and then all of a sudden there was humor in him not being able to find ESPN on TV it's just simple and silly all stuff. Been there in a hotel room. Yeah, you just can't figure out the, 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 the <laughs> your own home. Yeah. But it, it is it's a really nice kind right. of intro into a show that's about to deal with some serious image like uh, issues because you kind of get into it like seeing this guy not be able to find the channel and immediately everyone in the audience is like, that's me or that's my dad or that's my husband or that's mm-hmm. my... So then you start to understand these people and then the relationships really jump off the page from like the beginning of the play yeah. because you're watching these people, like you said, in a very normal moment. And so you get to see how these people relate to each other in a very normal way, which kind of builds the relationships that help when the conversation gets serious. Yeah, mm-hmm. These people, like you, you feel like you're listening to your dad and your brother. and So you guys... Um, had a really awesome run in L.A. 
Yes. Yeah. Which you, yeah. you were a part of in mm-hmm. LA as well. And then you guys kind of came over to this coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, what has the transition been like for the show from West Coast to East Coast in terms of like how the show has evolved and also how you've seen like uh, how the audience reactions differed or changed at all? The, the audience responses have been pretty uniform across the board. Um, you know, they're, they're moved and affected by uh, the story being told. Uh, they relate to it. It feels remarkably current. The tone of the show has changed in some ways, uh, and part of that has to do with the tone of the country changing. Yeah. What happened before was that I think I felt like I w- we were leaning into the emotion of the, the horror of the school shooting in some ways, which was very um, purgative for the audiences. They were able to feel for these people and understand it and also think. But since then, the tone of the country has shifted in some ways, and it certainly felt more like, you know, not just emotional, we have to be smart about these issues. There's a line in the show that Jason's written where, where uh, the, uh, Sarah, the senator's wife, says to him, you have to be smart about this, not emotional. And he asks, can I be both? Mm-hmm. And I think in some ways the smart part of the guy is coming out in New York mm. in a different way because it's a more active politician who's going to figure out how to make this horrible event turn into something good, even if it means abandoning his entire platform. The play speaks in a different way now, and it's almost a more of an activist way now. Mm. We, we're inspired to do more work toward the things we believe in now, and then we were kind of feeling things a little more. Hmm. I do it with a really funny accent here in New York. He does this weird German accent. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's not true. I have a parrot and a yeah. limp. Peg leg. It's really great. (laughs) You had said that you're from Maryland. I am from Columbia, Maryland. Yeah. And because the play does a really great job of kind of capturing um, Southern people. Mm -hmm. I'm from uh, Florida, the Northeast part, and I went to school in Tallahassee. And um, the play does a really great job of depicting Southerners without being characterization, like being like a caricature of Southerners. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have like? Like family or experiences that have like helped you, like yeah, informed so you as writing that. I, I went to UVA, which is in Charlottesville, and and even though Charlottesville is a very blue city, everything around that part of Virginia is is very red. Um, and I think maybe only two of my really good friends in college were from further north than I was from. Everybody else was from the south, and so all of my friends and all of their parents. And so whenever we would go to an event and somebody you know I was going to southern parts of Virginia North Carolina South Carolina Florida um, that's where my friends were from and so I'm just meeting their parents and their friends and going to weddings in Atlanta and South Carolina and North Carolina and just as a actor and as a writer you're always just watching people and observing people so I I just kind of absorbed all of those people Mm. and and Charlie Whitmore was initially based on a specific person that I knew from Raleigh, North Carolina. And that's the character that Rob plays. That's the, the character that Rob plays, Senator Charles Whitmore. And so I kind of had a, a person in mind who was like that, uh, and that's why it's Raleigh, North Carolina. And then uh, his wife was just kind of an amalgam of my friend's moms. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that woman. Like, yeah. That's what I loved about like when she first makes her entrance. Yeah. And, like, Everything's t- like I'm like I, I know this woman like this is my friend's mom right mm-hmm. I mean exactly right she, like she that's that's exactly right she totally exists and it's this it's this person that it's it's really close and it's hard to not stereotype that southern woman but um, I mean I think Nadia Bowers our actress does a phenomenal job and but these women are are real they are brassy and opinionated but also what I love so much is how much they love each other. 
that's that was always the thing that I was like, I, they have to be a really strong couple. Um, these two love each other deeply, and then just have this um, sort of disagreement in terms of their philosophy about religion and perhaps guns. But yeah, so she's based on lots of people I know. That's awesome. Remember Southern Democrats when they yes. existed? The Blue Dogs. Dogs. Mm. They've nice. gone away. Frank Underwood. Frank Underwood. <laughs> yeah, he's true. Hosting the Tony Award. I didn't mean him. <laughs> he's not a good example. He's not a good example. I wish for the days of Frank Underwood. Wait, what? What? I'm sorry. His wife is oh, opposite she's so of Sarah sweet. Whitmore. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it's a great show. different characterization. Yeah. So on that note, let's play a game. Yeah, let's play a game. A game? We play games. I saw these cards earlier. Yeah, what do we do? What do I take off? <laughs> I'm sorry. Strip lights of Broadway. <laughs> Welcome Broadway. to the oh Broadway store with naked boys singing. <laughs> okay. Okay, so what do we do? So I have lights of Broadway show cards right here. Oh my gosh. And I thought I would have a fun little debate night. Yes. With lights of Broadway. Oh. So if you would each pick a card, Kevin okay. is going to try to pick a, a show. And then Kevin, if you could come up with a hot debate topic based on that show. Okay. And then Brian, you get to pick who is pro, who is con. Okay. After Kevin reads the question. Sure. Okay. Do I get to find out who they are? We're going to guess. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> um, Should we try and embody this person? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> So the, the show I have here is Follies by Sondheim. Mm-hmm. And my statement is Follies is a musical that should be performed in every high school. Mm. <clears throat> I'm going to go with Rob as um, Con okay. and Jason okay. as Pro. Right, like so you that. are Pro Follies in high schools. And Rob, you are con follies in high school. Okay, there are so many other better musicals to be doing in high schools oh, wow. than follies. Right I'm not going to wait for you on this one. <laughs> I've been doing this for a long time, from way before I started in San Diego. So I had, I think there are a lot of better musicals that you could do. And you could be doing a show that's very inclusive of communities, like The Full Monty. You could be doing a show that's very <laughs> inclusive of hairstyles like hairspray. You could be even doing, you could be doing a really long play like The Coast of Utopia or you mm. could hire Kevin Klein to play Falstaff. These are all things that you could be doing <laughs> instead of doing Follies, which is overdone on the high school circuit. On top of that, sometimes you need to turn another movie into a musical, you know, even if you don't have Leonardo DiCaprio in it. You can put Catch Me If You Can on stage. You can turn it into something fun. So Follies, as far as I'm concerned, stinks. You know what I should do next? I should probably do something like Willy Wonka, like a Roald Dahl project, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh. Or the front page. Well, uh, that, 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 that's very interesting because if, if you enjoy Willy Wonka, I, I thought you might like Follies. I, I, I feel like they're very similar in a way, and I'm not quite sure what, what? you're... What you're um, <laughs> why you're so anti-Sondheim. You seem so... I don't know. Oh, I'm not anti-Sondheim. I would have to say high schools should all do Follies, because, well, I think they should do every Sondheim play that exists, and I think... Why? Well, I think... Uh, <laughs> I think they could do it on roller skates. <laughs> <laughs> I think they could do it with wearing animal outfits. I think they could do it as 
You're talking like Sir Peter Hall right now. Well, it's insane. No, you got, I know you. I know you're not. I'm, believe me. No, but I just. <clears throat> Your sensibility is very British. Well. Naturally and, and rightfully so, because your sensibility is obviously very American and very West Coast and very wrong. Don't, I'm no longer West Coast. I'm mm. much more East Coast right now. I did time. <laughs> you, did time you did your time out there or you did your time here? I did that, my time out there. I did my time out here and it's about time. Well, I... All right, final thoughts on follies at every high school. Uh, I, I think high school students should do um, company. I think they should do... Um, uh, any play that has them playing adults. I think that's great to get them um, doing rather sexual things that they don't understand <laughs> at a young age. I think, I think that's what all high school students... It should be about shedding... That's a very British shedding a light, shedding, a, <laughs> shedding a light on your awkward sexuality at the worst possible moment, I think, is a, a wonderful thing for all students. So that's all <laughs> Well, that's fair. That's fair. I can get behind that. There we go. We just okay. had a compromise. <laughs> oh, well... Yeah, it's common ground. <laughs> Brian, do you want to wager no, a guess? I have no idea. Well, I know he was Christian Borel. No. no. I thought you were Jack O'Brien. That's correct. He was in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Only because of the San Diego. Oh, see, I went and, off, and, I went and, off the Willy Wonka. No, but like, oh, he also said Coast you. of Utopia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. And, and a Harris That was the other one. And the full Monty. Yeah. So I failed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also and I saw your card. One of his you're not gonna, acceptance speeches you're not when gonna he, get he came up and he said, it's about time. And I thought it was, it was funny. Oh, it was very oh, It's about time. It was a very funny moment. And he said, <laughs> I said it's that. about time. I was trying to do I everything I could, Jack. <laughs> everything Jack O'Brien. That's been twice. You're never going to guess mine because I have... You were Twyla Tharp, I right? I terrible. No, you were... I saw your card. Peter Hall was close. No, you were... Do you know what? I think I know. Yeah, guess. I thought it was Trevor. Yeah. Yeah. Trevor Nunn. Yeah. Trevor Nunn yeah. wow. and Jack O'Brien. You guys are better at this game than we are. I know. That was really well done. <laughs> uh, 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 you have a really good British accent. Uh, but uh, I don't I don't know enough about Follies or Trevor, Trevor Nunn. Don't let that stop you. You did very, very was, well. I, I can do a British accent, but all I saw was Starlet Express and Cats. <laughs> and Cats, which you did beautifully. Knew. The roller skates was great. That was the only thing that was good. As soon as you started, started talking, I was like, Trevor Nunn. I was just doing a vague, like, vague memory of hearing him talk. I was just so mesmerized by your accent that I couldn't You had a really good accent. That's not Hugh Granty, though. That's okay. <laughs> right? Hugh Grant has a good accent, too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be fair. He's made some bad choices, but he has a good accent. Speaking of fictional, great, speaking of fictional uh, political figures. Uh, Hugh Grant is oh, right. a prime minister. Hugh, uh, Hugh Grant and Love so Actually. So, Church and State was inspired by, by Love Actually. By the tiny little speech in Love Actually when great. he yells at Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, great. Amazing. Yeah. I should have asked that first. Right. <laughs> I should have asked that at the first <laughs> Anyway, that ends the show. That That's ends it? the show? Yeah. Well, thank you for the joining us. The game that was the end of the game. Oh. Um, everybody, um, again, Church and State is at New World Stages. Tickets are on sale through July as of right now, so get out and go see it. Support not only off-Broadway, um, but, you know, plays that are of the time. Um, don't forget to follow us on at Broadwasted. Review us on iTunes. Please. Um, don't forget to check out. We're going to be at the Broadway Spelling Bee May 8th. Um, definitely donate um, to, our, to the cause of uh, raising money for... Team Carl. Or Broadway Bound Kids. Team Beautiful. Team Beautiful. No, you're not Team Beautiful. No, I'm not. I'm te you're Team La Kevin's Laughter. Oh, right. I'm, Tevin, I'm Kevin's Laughter. Team President's right. Laughter. So um, don't forget to stay tuned after this. It's our second part of our chat with Broadway Bound Kids about the Broadway Spelling Bee. 
Um, but you can you can follow at Church State Play on all Church social State. medias. So as we end every episode, we cheers and cheers. we say, Zutuapam. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you. An amazing time. Good love you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Previously on Broad Wasted and Epilogue, Kevin found his long-lost brother, Charles Nelson Riley. Kimberly's in a coma from overbaking with her new kitchen appliances, and Brian was left for dead in a horrifying taffy-pulling accident. But first, part two of our beer and rosé chat, entitled Broad Wasted Bound B, Electric Boogaloo, with Aaron Glass, Jessica Diaz, and Carl Kensler from Broadway Bound Kids. So, Carl, yeah. we are big fans of the most recent revival of Fiddler on the Roof. I am uh, as well. You are? Uh, yeah. Why is that? <laughs> uh, because I was in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's not the only reason. Um, I, 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 um, I grew up, as you can imagine, I grew up as a German-Irish Catholic mm-hmm. in Indiana, so I have a deep connection to the stories of <laughs> In fact, when they started, when they, when we started rehearsals, they had this big uh, sort of press thing where they interviewed everybody and they were like, they said, um, we need to know like your, what is your earliest memory of Fiddler on the Roof? And that, like, you know, like the majority of the like, cast is My Jewish. audition three weeks ago. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I had seen the movie in college and I knew a lot of the songs because a college friend got married when she was 22 and there were like seven Fiddler songs in that wedding and I was like wow those are really catchy tunes and then I and then I realized that they were but I had no connection to the show until uh, until I auditioned for it and of course you know um, being six foot two and blonde hair and blue eyes you can imagine I probably went into audition for productions of the show he's actually five foot one dark hair but yeah so I sort of came to this to the story fresh and um, and uh, was just very moved by it and also I thought the production was amazing I thought yeah. Bart's direction was uh, really spot on it was definitely um, a production for now for 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 um, the 21st century and our our the choreography was amazing so um <laughs> we've, been, we've been talking a lot about the Broadway Bound Kids and the programs you offer I just wanted to ask like through the 12 years you've been doing this do you have any idea how many kids you've actually impacted or worked with in the time you've been working 
So right now we have over 500 kids a week that we work with. So I, I sadly don't have an exact number, right. but it's definitely been thousands of kids that have come through. And the other thing that's really cool is some of them stay with us. So we've had some that have been with us from like first grade all the way through. That's so cool. And you get to see them kind of like progress all the way through. Yes. And, and, and we're now working in all five boroughs at this time, oh, including wow. Staten Island. Oh, you get teachers on ferries? Yep. <laughs> we love Staten Island. There's nothing wrong with ferries. Oh, and, you, and, and, and you get a free view of the Statue of Liberty. You do? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. why I always That's why I tell the tourists. tourists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do I see Statue of Liberty? And I'm like, oh, they like, should I go to Island? I'm like, no, take the ferry for free, bro. Yeah, it's right there. I'm so glad you gave directions to Dracula. How do I get to the Liberty Island? Ah, 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 ah. And One ferry, two berries. <laughs> One train, two, two train. train. <laughs> Can you just explain your programs? Because I know some are free and some, well, I don't know. Explain how you would enroll in one of your programs. Absolutely. So our Saturday program is the one that you were just alluding to. We have a free Saturday program that's for fourth through eighth graders. Um, is funded by donors and our program that's for high schoolers on Saturdays partially funded at this time we would love to make it fully funded by our donors. Great. We in addition work in after school programs all throughout the city. We have two amazing programs that we do with the Department of Education that are absolutely incredible. That helps us reach an even wider um, span and population throughout the five boroughs and all those programs whatever we can do we give the lowest possible rates. We give as many scholarships as we can, and that is constantly our goal, to make everything as accessible as possible. What I think people don't realize when they hear, oh, kids in New York City need access to the arts, but they live in the capital of the theater in yeah. the country, and that is actually part of what's difficult about it. There are so many programs, but a lot of them are out of reach for so many kids because they're competitive, they're expensive, it's right here happening in New York City. So it's just not accessible. And that's why we are completely different. No, but it's true, and especially in a time when um, arts education is becoming more and more important as we're seeing funding disappear for arts across yeah. the board. I think it's, a, for everybody that I know who's out there that listens to this show, who has at least tweeted one time about your anger about arts education or arts being taken away in funding from the federal or state level, this is a really awesome opportunity for you to actually give back and put your money where your mouth is mm -hmm. and like help kids yes. get that art experience that you are so excited and happy for them to have. Yeah, because I don't think there's someone at this table who is not impacted by arts education at a young age. Like, oh, yeah. My theater teacher was my best friend. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what got you into podcasting. Yeah. Well, other thing that's been really cool, and the kids see this too, if you and they know this if you ask them, is that so we have like a wide span of 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 reasons of why the kids are taking the classes. So some of them definitely like this is what they love. Like um, Neil, who was Mowgli in Jungle Book, was one of our students. Oh he yeah, our oh. programs for three years. He was years. fantastic. He's so good. Did you teach him how to act with a green screen? Thursday nights yes. at 6 p.m. <laughs> green screen acting. Green that's screen though, for dinner. Now, I mean, now we realize that's a need that we need to that's, fill. Yeah. 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 It's right like, after voiceover. 2018, 2018 B will fund the yeah. green screen acting. Um, and, and all of your speller 
sorry, Carl, our CGI creations. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to happen eventually. <laughs> Just Holograms. a matter of time. Sorry. Um, um, no, you were so, saying though. No, but so that's, I mean, some of the students do want to do that. Some have, like, been on Broadway and they're performing regionally. But then we also have students that, you know, you ask them what do they want to do and what do they want to be. And, you know, be. one of the students... Be. One of the students that you saw today, she wants to be a psychologist, mm-hmm. and she feels like being in the arts helps her understand people better, and have another student that wants to be a doctor, and she feels like this helps her talk to people and be more comfortable with people, and she knows she needs to do that. Yeah. And so they are, even at such a young age, like, they're seeing sometimes outside the scope of what adults see of, like, what these programs are helping yeah. them do. Yeah. I think we also, I think it's very easy for us, because we're all sort of connected to this as a as a profession as an industry and it is it's very easy to um forget that the arts for the most part the arts in education even even though there's less funding for it now than there was when i was a kid i uh, most of the people i know who benefited from it never went on to any kind of career in in any of the arts what it, the thing that it teaches the most is is curiosity and empathy and 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 a sort of um uh, creativity of thought, and and there's there are a lot of people. Um, I was reading this article in the, uh, I think it was in the Times, where they were saying that one of the most marketable skills of the 21st century is going to be um, a skill that a lot of people with arts degrees have, which is um, creative thinking. Like yeah. we need yeah. people mm-hmm. who who can be nonlinear. Mm-hmm. And I think Jessica made a, made a really great point last week on our segment when you talked about how it gives like a, comu- a community theater feel to like a big city living um, I think that's really an important thing especially in New York when you talk about how competitive it is yeah. to give these kids especially the ones who are interested in this as a passion a place to like feel safe to make mistakes mm-hmm. because I feel like if all of us think back to our community theater days there's like oh my god I can't believe I did that or I did this mm-hmm. or like you just tried something and it didn't work and you fell on your face but you're around people who like made it fun and exciting and great to fail to learn and I think that's a really cool thing that like the community theater vibe and what Broadway bound kids can bring to education of kids where did you guys grow up like where I was about to say that's actually what why we were founded was like kind of because of the community theater that I had so I'm from Corsicana Texas which is a very small town but they had one community theater and Texas is like very much about sports and the football you guys may have heard of this <laughs> I watched um, Friday Night Lights so I know that's my town that's my life you can keep, you're from Dillon Texas, from Dillon, Texas. Um, I tried the sports yeah. didn't go well the for me <laughs> your twang comes out when you when you spelled last week did it? Yeah, oh yeah big time <laughs> it is the rosé thank you <laughs> it's the one it's the rosé it's the rosé but so I tried all these different things and then found this community theater program in third grade and I remember specifically because I look back and think of how young third graders are now but I remember going there and being like oh this is like where I feel comfortable like these people are like my people like this is going to be like my thing like sports isn't necessarily going to be that um but it became like very much my second home very much my second family like difficult things that you go through like that's the place where you go where Mm -hmm. it's just like happy and safe and it helps you figure out like 
just who you are because you don't have to have any sort of pretense with that group of people. And so that's exactly like why Broadway Bound was started because we wanted to give that same feeling. Because moving here, as I'm sure you guys all knew when you first moved here, it's there's tons of people around you, but it's not it's easy daunting. to find yeah. community. Yeah. And where are you from? I'm from Western Maryland, Cumberland, and ah. there actually is a television show written about my town. No joke. My name is Earl. It's about my home. Yeah. yeah. I love my name is Earl. That's where I'm So we have Friday Night Lights and my name is Earl. You can. Great. Greg Garcia wrote that show. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love Greg Garcia. Absolutely. So, yes, I'm from Super Hick Town in Western Maryland, right across the border from the hickest part of West Virginia. Uh And I started doing theater when I was in fifth grade. I had been dancing for a long time. My mom put me in dance classes right away when I was probably two and a half, like Mm -hmm. just able to stand in tap shoes and move around. Um, But then my great aunt saw an ad in the paper for the high school is doing The Sound of Music and they wanted to cast kid kids, Uh actual kids, to play the kids. So I went and auditioned and I'd never sung in public at all and the director, who eventually became my director in high school, um, sat all the way back in this giant auditorium and my mom was back there too. And I just sang, I think it was Happy Birthday, and I was able to fill this auditorium. I didn't even know I could do that. Yeah. But I literally, theater helped me find my voice. Cool. That's an actual voice. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yeah. Found awesome. my voice. And I continued doing community theater. I worked in our equity theater um, and went on to college to do musical theater at Syracuse. Oh, you went to Syracuse? Yeah. Nice. I always felt that, like band class, theater class, all those arts classes are sort of like they're a little bit of a funnel for weird kids, do you know? Mm-hmm. Like if you're kind of feeling like a misfit, you end up falling into one of those. Yeah. And uh, and that, I think what you were saying or what we were, everyone was saying is that that sense of community comes from the fact that everybody walks in there a little bit like, what? Where, where do I go? What do I do? And I, when I was a kid, my mom, she was a single mom and she, my brother and I tried everything. And I was like a square peg in a round hole every freaking time until I went to this uh, acting class called Young Actors Theater in downtown Indianapolis. It's still there. It was, uh, it was housed in this beautiful, dilapidated old Victorian theater. Cool. And um, I had like a J.M. Barry, like Peter Pan childhood. We put yeah. on plays in this giant theater. It was so dangerous. <laughs> they, they, I walked around on that uh, fly rail up there. I mean, I, I did so many dangerous, terrible things. But it was, it was, uh, it was where I found my tribe. It's like a lot of kids yeah. who were misfit, misfits like that. Who it was where I learned about Shakespeare. It's where I learned about so much. The very first kissed a girl. Um, oh. Wow. But that's a story for next week. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, let's play round two of oh the Champion of Letters. Championship of Letters. <laughs> I wish I had like a tournament letter. Of letter. Tournament of Letters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Champion of Letters, tournament style. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Sure. As long as I win. Which, which one are we going with? That was like 12 names I don't know. It's Kimberly made up a spelling bee. Oh. Okay, we have four spellers. That's right. Aaron is left, Carl is left, I am left, and Kevin is left. And Kevin. And Kevin. Yeah, I'm really happy to be out of this. (laughs) (laughs) So this week's category is... 
Broadway theaters. <gasps> oh bum, bum, bum. All right, Aaron. The Gerald Schoenfeld. <laughs> you don't need to spell the. <laughs> Unless you think you can't. <laughs> that is a gimme. Oh my gosh. Gerald Schoenfeld. Gerald. G E R A L D. Correct. Oof, okay. You're almost home. Oof. Schoenfeld. Finger space. <laughs> S C H O E N F E L D. That is correct. There's the. Carl. Yes. Lyceum. Can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> the bee has trained you well. The Lyceum Theater <laughs> is owned by the Schubert Organization. Country of origin? <laughs> Broadway. <laughs> Broadway country. That's theater country. Um, L-Y-C-E-U-M. That is correct. Oh, good job. Brian. Yes. Oh, God. The Lunt Fontaine. L-U-N-T dash F-O-N-T A-I-N-E? That is incorrect. Uh, Lunchfontaine. L-U-N-T dash F-O-N-T-A-N-N-E. Is it Lunchfontaine? I've heard it both ways, but I think it is Fontaine. I like the way that you said that confused Brian, so... No. <laughs> Even if she's so block. I would have spelled it the same way, too. So, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. See, if All you right. were in the B and you had raised the most money, you would get a reanimator cheat. Right, I would. You could turn in, yeah. and then they'll make you do a ridiculous challenge, and then you don't die. Totally. I don't have that. I might have just. So then you're a zombie speller? Because I'm dead. <laughs> right. A zombie speller. <laughs> yeah. All right, Kevin. Ready? Okay. Vivian Beaumont. I do declare. <laughs> so Vivian is V-I-B-I-A-N, mm-hmm. and Beaumont is B-E-A-U-M-O-N-T, and that's it. That's correct. <gasps> oh, so going to next week, we have three spellers. Three spellers, love. Who, who, who's in your, I know Andrew, French is the show, Andrew Keenan Bolger, yes. as well as friend of the show Michael Park are, are spellers. Who else? Um, also... Lauren Chardulo from Aladdin mm-hmm. is a return speller. Um, <laughs> Bobish Patel from President Laughter. And that's Kevin's team. That's my Ke- team. That's your team? team? Kevin's Laughter. Stephanie Torns from Waitress. Yes. Grace McLean from The Great Comet. Evan Todd from Beautiful. That's Justin. my team. <gasps> that's your no. team. Bra- Beautiful Brian. Jeff Packard from Bandstand. Gregory Trecko from Hamilton. Ben Jeffrey from Lion King. And Kelly Hutchinson from The Government Inspector. So how do we how do we donate? You can go onto our website, broadwayboundkids.net. Um, our Facebook page, our Twitter page, our Instagram account, there's a link in any of those social medias as well. So just to let you know, please donate to Brian's uh, team on <laughs> Evan no, 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 Todd no. and Beautiful. You'll be donating to Carl's team. That's right. This is all very funny, but we all know you listen because you love me. So <laughs> donate to Present Laughter. And if you hate us all, just donate to Lauren Chardulo from Aladdin. She's already doing a great job. So you can donate to any team and... The team, the more money a team has, the more cheats they get to buy at the B. The cheats are like lifelines. All the proceeds go to Broadway Bank Kids, but you select a Broadway speller that you want to win the B. And also ticket sales, 100% goes to Broadway Bank Kids. Yeah. 
Stay tuned because next week we are back with the final chapter of our epic quest with Broadway Bound Kids and the conclusion of the Tournament of Letters. Who will win? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.